So if you will, go ahead and grab your Bibles and turn to Ephesians 4. Turn to Ephesians 4. It's been a while since I've been up here. Looking forward to the, the privilege of being able to speak to you guys and I'm thankful for Michael and his study and, and Chuck and, uh, and those guys. That was a good job. I believe everybody would agree that he did a good job studying and um, getting with the Lord on his messages. So turn to Ephesians 4. We're going to uh, start reading in 17. If you will go ahead and stand with us and we'll, we'll read it together. We'll do that first. We're going to read 17 through 25. This is Paul speaking, Holy Spirit speaking through Paul to the church um, at Ephesus. He says, now, I say, I, now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in, their, in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about Him and were taught in Him as the truth is in Jesus. To what? To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for access to your throne that we can speak to you as our Father. Lord, we're thankful for that. Lord, I pray that you would be, um, that you would speak through your word today. Lord, I pray that you would fill me with your spirit, fill the congregation with your spirit, that we would have ears to hear and eyes to see what you would have to say to us today. Through Paul, through this letter that you used Paul to write to the Ephesians and to the church, Lord, I pray that we would um, hear what you would have to say to us today. Uh, Lord, move my flesh out of the way and, and let the Spirit be loud and clear. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So if you remember, let's catch us up. Let's tie some of this back in. The last time I preached, um, it's been what, last year? No, I'm just kidding. It hasn't been that long, but... Uh, last time I preached, we talked about putting off the old self and putting on the new self. This is what Paul was talking about. Putting off the old, the old self that belongs to what? Your former manner of life. It, it's not just something that um, you did. It, it's not just something that you do that you're putting off. It was something that belongs to a totally different other person. That's not even, it doesn't even exist anymore. That person has died in Christ and you have been given a new life so put off, Paul is saying, stop putting it back on. Put off the old self that belongs to your old former manner of life. It is corrupt with its deceitful desires. And we agreed with that when we were talking about that in that sermon, when we were preaching that, that whenever we put that old self on, it is deceitful. It will lie to you. It is corrupt. It will turn you away from Christ. It will turn you towards the flesh and run you into the ground. We talked about that. 
Uh, and Paul mentioned too also to be renewed in the spirit of your minds not only just putting off the flesh or putting off that old man but being renewed in your spirit getting into the scripture getting with uh, other believers filling yourself up um, in, in the gospel and being renewed in the spirits of your minds and putting on the new self we talked about, we used the illustration of the old running shoes. You know, you, I talked about we go running all the time and, and when your sh- old shoes are worn out, you quit wearing those old shoes because if you keep wearing them, you're going to be hurting and it's going to work its way up through your whole body and your whole body will be out of joint. So stop putting on the old shoes, put on the new shoes and start running in them. And we talked about how it's awkward at first. It is a, it's a good bit awkward when you put on new shoes after you've been wearing old shoes for so long and it'll hurt uh, readjusting, but... The, the longer you wear them, the faster you'll run, the more straight you'll run. And so that is, that is the point we've made with that, that we were created in the likeness of God in true righteousness and in holiness. But today, we want to begin to walk through the specifics of what Paul is talking about taking off and putting on because he goes through several things in this passage afterward. And I thought about it at the beginning. I could go through the entire list and give you a little bit of all of them but I don't think that'd be quite as beneficial as digging into each one of them and letting us examine ourselves on which part we need to take off what part of the flesh specifically do we need to take off and what part do we specifically need to put on because Paul gives us prescriptions for that for the next few verses and we want to focus on uh, verse 25 today but we want to walk through those examples that he's given us Uh, Not only what to take off, what to put on, but also the reason, the benefit of why we need to do those things. So we read the passage, but we want to start off here with the first point, forsaking falsehood. That is the title of the sermon, forsaking falsehood, forsaking it. Let's read verse 25 here and uh, focus in here. Paul says, therefore, having put away falsehood. So you've heard preachers say it all the time why why is therefore like well you have therefore uh, that's in this passage so what is it therefore uh, well we just mentioned all the things he said to take off put off the the old man put on the new self and so he's saying why he's about to tell you why verse 25 therefore having put away falsehood let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor for we are members of one another you would think this should be a simple thing. But you know some people, some Christians struggle with falsehood. They struggle with falsehood. We want to talk about how we walk in falsehood in so many different ways. So let's get into that. He says, having put away falsehood. Put away, obviously, to put off, to put aside, to lay to the side, to lay apart from you is, is even a better example. You don't just want to just take it off and leave it sitting right beside you. He's saying take it off and put it apart from you. You want to put it away from you to where you won't put it back on anytime soon. Put it away from you. Falsehood is the word pseudos. You've heard that before, like pseudoscience, pseudo-thought, like things that are just false in nature. It's, a, it's basically a lie. Put off lie from your life. Put off falsehood from your life. So when I was reading through this, I'm thinking, well, in what ways do we walk and live in falsehood, even as as believers, new believers, mature believers, what ways do we walk in falsehood? Because Paul's sitting here telling these guys that have left witchcraft, have left uh, worshiping idols, have left worshiping nationalism, have left worshiping all of these things, and he's telling them, put away falsehood. It doesn't matter how long they've been saved, he's saying, put it away. 
So in what ways do we find ourselves living in falsehood? I've got three different things. We have lying, deception, and hypocrisy. And all three of them are very distinct things that we find in the church, we find among believers that we should not be finding. And that's exactly why Paul is telling us to put it away from us. So we'll start off with the first one in this, uh, this first part of falsehood, this first aspect of falsehood is lying. And you would say, well, a Christian ought, not, ought never to lie. Well, there's a lot of things we ought not to do, but we do find ourselves doing those things. Some people struggle with so many different things. Some people struggle with lust. Some people struggle with thieving. They're stealing all the time. Some people struggle with lying. Some people struggle with coveting. Some people struggle with idol worship. But there's some people who struggle with lying. And not only lying, some people struggle with habitual lying. Habitual lying. And you're like, really? There are some people... That, and I know that you know them. It's not you, but maybe somebody you've known in here. It's not, and maybe not in here, but maybe somebody you know at work. That struggle, they may not even struggle. They're just, every other word that comes out of their mouth is a lie. Why? Well, that's their struggle. That's, their, that's the demon they're fighting. That's their part of the flesh that they're fighting. Some folks lie every other breath. How many of you have known somebody that's like that? It doesn't even make sense. And they're all getting nervous now. They're like, oh, it's been me at some point. You can be confident. Have you known somebody that's a habitual liar? Yeah, I've known them. Yeah. I found myself in places like that where I'm lying to cover stuff up, and that's just not cool. It's not what we're supposed to be doing. So Paul says to put this away from us. They lie every other breath for no particular reason. It doesn't even make sense. I've known several people in my life, and you just look at them like, why did that even make sense? Like, lying doesn't make sense in the first place, but really, like, what are you, what? what? Paul is saying, put that away from you. Put falsehood in this aspect away from you. This ought not to be true in our lives. They would lie to anyone and anything. I mean, I could almost imagine that it's so bad that they would be out in nature lying to the birds and everything else out there. I mean, it's just that bad. Yeah, it's, it's funny, but it's, I mean, it's so true in some lives. And Paul is saying, put that away from us. Things that don't even have good reason. There's never really a good reason to lie. We could get into philosophy and biblical philosophy of Old Testament things and, and things like that, but it's the heart behind it. Lie just to be lying. And I would simply sum this up in one word. If that is what you're involved in, stop stop that's a call to repentance if that's the life you live just stop stop the lying that's one aspect of living in falsehood how else do we find ourselves it's, it's deception not just lying and just throwing out lies for no reason i'm talking about deception they want to deceive people for the sake of manipulating a person or a situation you ever been you ever known someone like that it's not you i'm not talking about you right of course it's not me, it's someone else, you know. Want to deceive for the sake of manipulating. Well, that sounds harsh, doesn't it? But you know, we find ourselves with the cute little things. We want people to think a little better. or You know, we want to deceive them in these roundabout ways. And people, also you have people that play the victim. You ever known somebody that likes playing the victim in every situation? They want to deceive. Like it's all, everyone's always against me. 
It's always them to get there. They do it not just to play the victim or feel sorry for themselves, but they do it to manipulate, to deceive, to get their desired outcome. Like, I want this to happen, so I'm going to play like, I want to play on their pity so they'll do what I want. That's deception. That's living in falsehood. That's living a lie. Paul is saying, put that away from you. Put it apart from you to where you can't reach it. You don't want to reach it and just pick it back up. Put it away from you. Whine and complain to get what they want. Y'all have never known anybody like that. I heard some grunts. Mm, some mm. Whine and complain to get what they want. Playing out a deceptive, manipulative game with emotions. You ever known somebody that likes playing emotions like they're playing a violin? Uh, make, try to make it. This is why I have to tell you so plainly, and Chuck will tell you, do not base your emotions and let them run wild. Your emotions need to be based in truth, in the Scripture. Because if they're not, someone will come along like this and start playing a sad song for you and you'll fall right into it and you'll follow them everywhere they're going, right into the deception and their manipulation. Just like the Pied Piper, you'll be following them everywhere they go because they've played a sad song to to get what they want out of you. That's just the truth. Ground your emotions in the truth of God's word. And that doesn't mean close off your ears to sad songs. So don't hear that. Some pe- many people have very sad songs that need to be listened to, that need to be dealt with, that need help, genuine help. But some people play the sad songs just to get people to do everything for them and to get, or to get what they want or to have control. Put that away from you. If that's you, if that's someone you know, pray for them to put that away. Paul is saying, put away from you falsehood. Having put away falsehood, this aspect of deception. Emotions change, but the word of God does not. That's why we put this, we tie our emotions to this. Yes, we are emotional creatures. That doesn't mean emotions are bad. Emotions are wonderful things. God is happy. He enjoys, he enjoys us. We, he enjoys himself. He enjoys his creation. We are, in, we are to enjoy our, uh, his creation. We are to enjoy one another's fellowship. We are, are to be happy. We are to feel upset when things are not just. We are, to, we, we are to have emotions, but they need to be tied to Scripture. They need to be tied to truth. That's what we're going to talk about a little later. Emotions will always change. How many of you know that you can be feeling one way when you wake up in the morning and by the afternoon you're totally in a different way? Exactly. So if you're living your life off emotion, if you're living, you're basing your life off emotion, you're going to be all over the place. All throughout the week, all throughout the day, you're going to be lost. Like wondering what's going on. But if you tether those emotions to Scripture, tether them to who God is, He's not changing. He's not ever going to change. That's why I, you'll hear me repeatedly say God is sovereign. You need to settle that in your heart. You need to settle that he's in control because when everything else looks like it's totally out of control, he's, he knows what's going on. He's in control. It's not outside of his hand. He's never surprised. So when you're dealing with emotional people who are living their life all on emotion, don't let that don't get sucked into that whirlwind. Don't get sucked into that tornado because you'll be destroyed along with them. 
You tether your emotions to Scripture, and you love them from Scripture. You love them as well as you can from Scripture. Don't let them twist you and turn you every which way. Emotions change, but the Word of God does not. Then on the other hand, there are the people who deceive just because they believe themselves to be above everyone else. They're not the ones working under to try to manipulate people to get them to do this. People who think they're better than everyone else and they deceive from the top down. The people who shouldn't be in leadership. The people who are abusing their leadership and they're manipulating people in that sort of way. It's deception. Both Both of these types of people are playing the predator in the situation. And that's... You say, man, that sounds harsh. Well, I mean, how else would you describe that? You're preying upon people to manipulate them. That's, you're, you're living your life as if it's a game. You're playing people as if they're a video game. Well, I'm going to see what I can get out of this, get out of that. I'm going to play, play on them this kind of way, play them against them. And then you get into it where you're pitting people against one another. That's what scripture, I think Michael even mentioned it. One of the things that God hates is a sower of discord. That's what you begin to do. It's not only you just uh, having discord in your own life, but you're starting to pit people against them, against another person. Deception. And it's all rooted in who can get the upper, upper hand. Who can get higher up on the ladder? Who can get one over on someone else? Who can make themselves look better than the other person? So you have lying deception the last one for a falsehood here i know it's not the last one but the third one we're talking about is hypocrisy paul is saying put away falsehood put put away all types of falsehood the old manner of living if you if you were if you found yourself you're one of these people who uh, became born again but you were you had been living a christian life all of your all of your life that was a life of hypocrisy and you didn't realize it at the time until you got saved but then there's still people who live within the church that live among us the the weed and the tares that are living a life of hypocrisy and what is what is a hypocrite some of you may not know that some of you may have forgotten but a hypocrite is a mask wearer someone who holds up a mask is acting uh you've heard me tell it many times the people who live a life of hypocrisy they they want people to believe a certain thing about them. They'll walk around with this mask on all of their life, and they find out, they learn the things that you're looking for, the, things, the answers that you wanna, want them to answer with, and they'll start adding them to the mask. Oh, that, well, they like this about this. I should look like a Christian. I, I need to add this to my mask. And the thing is, after so many years of doing that, they've added so many different things that it becomes heavy, and you'll see them drop it every once in a while, and then they have to pick it back up. It gets too heavy for them to hold it. And then you'll see them for who they are, and then they pick it back up. And they, they're wearing that mask. I, I've got to be a Christian. This is what they, they're expecting of me. They want to hear that I'm, I'm praying, so I'm going to tell them that I'm praying. What, what's that? Deception. That's lying. Well, I've been praying. I've been reading Scripture. I've read this or that, which, which you opened up the Scripture and read a, a verse, but you didn't get into it. How many times? I've, I've been there. I'm speaking from experience where you say, have you read your Bible? Yeah, I read it. I read one verse. I'm being honest with you. I'm not deceiving you this morning. I've been there. You may not want to admit it, but I've been there. I've been there before. And you'll tell people that. You're wearing the mask and then it'll drop again. The ma- mask will drop again. Don't b- live the life of hypocrisy. This is a whole life of deception. I'm not talking about having hypocritical 
sayings here and there. I'm talking about these people are still living a life, a whole life of hypocrisy. Deceiving others into believing you are something that you are not. Wanting people to think you're more spiritually mature than you really are. Deceiving yourselves into believing you really are what you're trying to convince yourself of. At the root of it, you're even deceiving yourself. I'm an awesome Christian. I'm a wonderful Christian. If you ever get to that point, you're going in the wrong direction. Because the closer you get to God's holiness, the closer you realize you are unholy. You can't get close to a holy fire and think that you're wonderful because it burns the closer you get to him. The closer you get to his presence, you realize this hurts. This hurts really bad. And he starts burning more off. You burn more off. And you don't think I'm an awesome Christian. You think, I don't even know why I'm this close to him. I don't even know why he's brought me close because I'm nasty. I'm nasty. So when you get to a certain place and you think, yeah, I'm awesome now. I'm I'm doing I'm doing awesome. Well, you haven't been in his you haven't been in his presence because you really the closer you get to him, you're just kind of like I don't even understand. I don't even understand why he saved me. I really don't. I don't understand why he has me here in front of his throne. I don't understand why I'm even here. Like but I'm here, and he loves me. And he's not pretending. He's not deceiving me. He's made me his child. And I really am. It's unbelievable. You get to that place in your life. But these people who live in this deception, they say, I'm a Christian, even though I live like Hades all through the week. Without any restraint. There's no fight. There's no struggle during the week. Only on Sunday. Now I may not be talking to you today, but we've all been in those places. Live like Hades in my thoughts, in my actions, without any restraint. There's one word, I've preached sermons on it before, but there's one word to describe what the truth is at its core and it's in it's integrity. It's the word integrity. Integrity is who you are when no one is around but you and God. That is what the truth of the matter is. That's where you are in your maturity. That's where you are in walking with truth. That's where you are in your deception or walking in falsehood. You may walk around all the other Christians that you've ever seen and, and put on a good front, but whenever you're alone, that's the truth. That is the truth. That's what your integrity genuinely is. It's not the show that you give. It's not the words that come out of your mouth. It's who are you when you are alone? No one but you and God. That is the bare bones naked truth of who you are. It's it's absolutely not what you want to present yourself to be because there is no deception when it's you and God. There is no deception. There's nothing but truth there. So Holy Spirit is telling us through Paul that we are to be putting away falsehood. Putting away falsehood. When we see falsehood in our lives, what are we to do? Repent. Repent of it. And move towards Christ. Don't just drop it off. Don't just leave it to the side. R- turn, drop it there. Put it away from you. 
put it apart from you and turn to Christ and, and, and beg him, not beg him, but ask him sincerely to take this away and help you to walk in the truth. Cut off the ways that are enabling us and encouraging us to live in a false way. Cut off the things that are enabling and encouraging us to fall into deceiving others to think more highly of us than we should think. Simply put, cut off lying. Lying should not be named among us. It just shouldn't. It shouldn't be named among us. It is not the truth. And yes, that's plainly said. It was like, yeah, duh, Matt. Lying is not the truth. But when it comes down to it, Jesus is the truth. And if we're living life, we're not living Jesus. If we're living in a lie, we're not living Jesus. Jesus is the truth, and if we're truly born again, we will walk in that truth. We will not be trying to look for ways to deceive, but we'll be looking for ways to live and walk in the truth and the light. And that leads to the second point here. What Paul is saying, he said, speak truth. Read verse 25 again. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak truth. Speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Let each one of you speak the truth. Leave that old life behind and leave the deception to lie in its own darkness. Anytime you are lying, anytime you are living a deceptive life, you feel like you're in the dark. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You feel like you're in the dark. And that's exactly where you are. You're in the dark. It's not in the light. But leave that old life behind and leave it to sit in its own darkness. We do not belong there anymore. But Paul says, speak the truth. And that begs the question, what is truth? What is truth? How, do, how would you define truth? Someone is saying, yeah, it, it reminded me of Pilate. Jesus is telling him that all the people that follow him hear the truth. And Pilate's like, what is truth? Some people think he was being a, a smart aleck, you know. What is truth? But I think he might have been quite genuine, like he didn't know. A lot of people don't know what truth is today. And you see that all over the news. You see it in people that you know, the conversations you have. People have no idea what the truth is. People like to say this, and I know you've heard this, speak your truth. Speak your truth, Gentry. You speak your truth. Well, there's something seriously... There. There's something seriously wrong with that. Everyone cannot possess their own truth about a matter. I think what they mean is that more or less life experiences and applications are all different. Your story is different. Your truth is not different. Truth is what is at the core. And you may have a different story to tell, but the thing is our stories don't always align with truth. You know, you may have a colorful background. I may have a colorful background, but that, and there may be two totally different stories, but both of them are not truth in and of themselves. You may be telling a true story, but it isn't truth as if it is the final authority for everyone else. But that's what we like to think. You know, whatever our experience is, that's what has to be true for you. That's what has to be true for you and you and you. And if you're not doing that, you're wrong. But then everyone else says, just speak your truth. You just have whatever you want to have. You believe whatever you would want to believe. Do what is right in your own eyes. You ever heard that? 
that's kind of the way we're going. Just do whatever's right in your own eyes. That's your truth. You, you do that. Getting dangerously close to judgment. Truth is something that is always right. It will never change. It may have different impacts on your life, but the truth will not change. I don't care how many times you add up one plus one, it's always two. That is the truth. You can't say, well, you believe it's three. Well, that's your truth. Speak it. Go ahead, speak it, brother. And then you start doing the little snapping thing. Speak your truth. It's three to you. You can have three. It's all right. It's not all right. It's not the truth. It's simply just not true. Good definitions here are are these. Truth is that which conforms to reality. Truth is that which conforms to reality. A lot of people are not living in reality today. I've seen this one guy who walks around asking people, what is a woman? You know, this isn't a politically charged thing. It's, just, it was, it's amazing to see where people answer these questions. They don't know how to answer because they want to define it however they want to define it. Well, what is a woman? Well, I, that's a hard question. That can't be answered. Well, yes, it can be answered. It always been answered for thousands of years. Why are you having a hard time? Because they want to do what's right in their own eyes. They want to make an excuse. They want to live in deception. They want to live in the darkness. Because they don't want, they don't love the truth. Paul talks about the people that don't run from the truth. They suppress the truth. They know what the truth is, but they suppress it because it doesn't allow them to live the life they would want to live. But truth is that which conforms to reality. When you think of truth, I want you to think of reality. That's what truth is. It is a reality. It's not a false reality. It's not a virtual reality. It is reality. What is, what is facts, as Charles said? Truth is reality. It is how things actually are. If a lie is fake, then truth is real. Truth is what is real. Jesus said this in John fourteen six. He says, He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. He says he is the truth. He is reality. Without him, there is no reality. He is the one that holds all things together. He's the one who spoke things into existence without that man being here, that God-man being here. There is no reality. He is truth. And so people hear the gospel call and they hear this verse and they're like, oh, how can you be so exclusive? I want to clarify some things for... uh, the people, you know, Jesus isn't asking for your money. You know, people automatically think, they see the church, they see Jesus, they're like, oh, this is, a, this is a racket. Jesus isn't asking for your money. Jesus isn't in need of friends. He is content. He was content before he made all things. He is content. He doesn't, he's not in need of friends, but he does desire them. He does desire to have friends because he does have us. The true, the true church isn't in need of growing a business. We preach Jesus because he is truth. That's why we preach Jesus. He is the truth. He is reality. We don't, 
we don't preach sermons to do all of those things. We don't look for money. We're not looking to grow businesses. We're not, it's, not, it's not anything like that. There's no deception in what we're telling you. We're telling you Jesus because Jesus is reality. And we need to repent of our sin. And we need to, uh, we're, we're sitting under the wrath of God. And we need to tell people, you're under the wrath of God. You're under his wrath because of your sin. That is the truth. It's not, I'm not trying to get you in here to add numbers. So many churches do that. They want to fill up the church with numbers. They want to fill up the church, the, the church bank account with money. Well, what is that? That's, that's totally off the mark. We're, telling, we're preaching Jesus because he is the truth. He is reality. No matter what your story looks like down here, the truth is you will stand before Jesus one day one day soon and give an account for your story now is your story saturated in selfish sinful rebellion against being accountable to God or have you surrendered the good the bad and the ugly to him most of the time we say well I can't bring all of those sins there's too there are too many there are too many sins no there's never too many sins for the creator he can wash them all away and make them right and he has done it in so many of our lives here today. Have you surrendered the good, the bad, and the ugly to him? We have, yeah, we have to give up the good too because the good we like to hold on and puff up as if we've gained something. You have to throw that out too. Your righteous deeds are as filthy rags, says Isaiah. Filthy rags. The things, uh, putting your coat out to let a, a lady walk across the puddle and opening the doors and all of that, they don't amount to anything. They're nice and kind and things like that, but they don't add up to righteousness to God and earning things with Him. You cannot clean yourself up. Only Christ can do that. Give up and throw yourself on Him. If you haven't done that today, you have to give up and throw yourself on Him. We don't want anything from you. And to the Christians, we have to do this daily. We have to speak this truth to us daily because it is the truth. It is reality. Pick up your cross and die daily. Paul says that. Jesus says, if you would follow after me, pick up your cross, your death stake, and follow me. Pick it up. Die daily. When you wake up in the morning, die. If you want to live, die. That's what Jesus is basically telling people. He's not, he's not worried about offending people because it is simply the truth. And he's not being mean about it. He's just stating the facts. If you want to come and follow me, die to your deception of, of what you believe you're living in that's gaining something with me. Die to that. Die to the good. Die to the bad. Die to all of those things and come follow me. Leave them behind and come on. Let's go. Let's walk. Then Paul says, not only is he talking about truth, but he says, speak the truth to your neighbor. Not only speak Jesus to them, but that goes for speaking truth in the small things as well. Don't live a life of false projections. You've heard me say that before. We project so many things. Don't live that life. Paul says put it away. Desiring people to think more of you than what you are. What good does that do? Like really if everybody in the world thinks awesome of you, what, what does that matter? What does it matter? You'll be miserable.
this is kind of a lighthearted thing, you know. I go to work and I usually wear jeans and t-shirt and stuff. So I'll go to I go to work and I decide I'm going to wear shorts and my running shoes. God forbid Matt wears shorts and running shoes because the whole universe has flipped on its head. Matt, you got on shorts and and I heard it all day long everywhere I walked all through the plant. And I'm the point being, I told Jessica I was like they must think a lot of me or they wouldn't care. I said, but I absolutely could not be famous. I just could not because that is like just a, a hair. And I'm like, if I, went, I, I couldn't go down the street without people doing I couldn't deal with it. I couldn't. I couldn't deal with it. I don't, why, so why do we want people to think more highly of ourselves? Why do we want that? It is pride. It's pride. We, don't, we shouldn't want that. Let's live in that reality. The first thing is that it's entirely too stressful to try and maintain, to, li- to, to keep people thinking highly of you. Oh, I've got to keep my appearances up. That's, in, that's too stressful for me. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to live. If I'm having a bad week, you, you're going to know. It's been crazy. I don't want you to think more highly of me. Second, the truth is reality. Wouldn't you rather, I want you to, I want you to ask yourself that, wouldn't you rather have folks love the real you and not the falsehoods you have projected. I don't know if you, we don't sit there and think about that when we project ourselves to be up here. You know, I'm doing this, I'm awesome, I'm, I'm, live, I'm walking on water with Jesus. I'm doing all those things. They want, you want people to realize that. Wouldn't you rather have folks love the real you and not the falsehoods you have projected? Because think about this, if people love the person you've projected, that you've projected to them, they don't, they don't really love you, do they? Don't, isn't that what we want? We want to be loved, right? You want to genuinely be loved, but we keep projecting something else that's not us. So they love this projection of you. You've made this image of you that they love. They love this person over here. Oh man, you're so awesome. And While this person over here is starving for love and affection, that's what we want though. We want, we want to be loved and there's nothing wrong with wanting to be genuinely loved and fellowship, but we keep putting these counterfeits over here and they love this counterfeit but here you are starving to death for love well if you would be real in your life you'll get all the love and it'll be directly right at you i mean boom yeah you're having a tough week but man i love you boom let's pray let's talk about it let's walk through it boom 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 that love going right at you and not at this image of who you want to be or you want people to think of you what that does, it's, it, you've cut off your own ability to genuinely be loved by projecting something, a deception that is not truth, that is a falsehood. You have put this falsehood out here and you've cut yourself off. You're like, no, love this. Love this version of me. And you're, you're not getting it. You've cut yourself completely off or the ability to because they think that's you. Simply put, let's say it this way. Let's be people of truth and love. And if we're, if we're real in that aspect, we'll always get the full effect of love. We'll always get the full effect of truth. And, and don't think of it. Don't, don't correlate truth with being mean because the truth is just reality, remember? It's reality. But if you're, doing, if you're speaking truth and love, then you'll come across in a loving way. You'll, you'll be for them. 
forsake falsehood. Why? To the last point, because he says we are a connected body. Verse 25, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. What is the reason that we need to speak the truth with one another? It is a proof that we have been born again. We walk in the truth. Our lives have been changed. We, d- we don't live a life of falsehood. We're, we're not to do that. We take off the old self of falsehood and put on the new self given by Christ, being filled with truth and reality. It says we are members of one another. Members, what does that mean? Members, parts of the body. We have been made a part of the body. And this is the picture I want you to get. If, you've, if we've been made a member of a part of the body, whenever there's deception, let's say there's deception in this part of, of the body of Christ, this finger. What deception does is like putting a rubber band around this finger over and over and over, and it's cutting off the blood supply to that finger. That deception is squeezing, is choking it out. Well, what is this finger doing? It's going to sleep first. It's, it's not living. It's not able to move the same way it was able to move. Why? Because there's deception wrapped around it. There's falsehood living in it. Well, how does that affect the body? Paul is saying we are members of one another. When we live in deception, we've cut off pieces of the body, and we're, and we're not able to move the way Christ is wanting us to move. We're not able to move as fast as we need to move. We're not able to be healthy with one another because we've got all these rubber bands all over our body cutting off blood supply because we have so, so much deception. We are connected as the family of God. We are brothers and sisters because of Jesus. We are that connected. Are we broken people? Yes. Yes, we're broken people. We have deception here and there, but but God is molding us into the image. We're all in a different place and are running at different paces. That's one thing going along with this whole running illustration, which is true. And it's one thing that you have to remember when you're running, and it's one thing you have to remember when you're running the race with Christ. Don't get frustrated with someone because they're running at a a slower pace than you um i know i've been there before you get you get frustrated when someone's not where you think they should be as a christian you do that in running you get frustrated with someone that that doesn't make any sense in running don't get frustrated with someone that's running at a faster pace than you either what benefit does that give you It, it absolutely gives you no benefit whatsoever to be frustrated at someone else's pace you know what you can do, though, if they're running at a slower pace? Encourage them. You still have some deception there. Well, let's move that out of the way. Put, it, put that off, and let's just start running. You just start running. You'll, you'll get there. You'll get faster. You'll do that. Cheer them on. Remind them to stop putting on the old running shoes. God has given each and every one of us a race to run. And we're to and we are to finish it at the pace that he set. Now, when you see people walking in deception, some are walking better in the truth. You can't run someone else's race. Stop trying to run someone else's race. Encourage each other in your own race. But 
But if we continue to walk in falsehood in all of those different ways, we continue to walk in falsehood, the lying, deception, hypocrisy, pride, we are destroying what? We are destroying our trust with one another as family and in turn destroying relationships and credibility on every level. Simply put, no one wants to be close to someone who is fake. And I don't mean like you're trying and you're messing up and falling on your face. I'm talking about someone who's living a life of deception in every form. How many of you enjoy being around someone who lies constantly? Who lives in deception? Is that fun? Is it fun? You want to go hang out with them all the time? Do we need to love them? Yes, we need to love them. But some of those people, you have to love at a distance. And that's just the truth. Or you're going to be deceived. And don't get me wrong, you're not fake if you're fighting through it. I don't want you to sit there and think everyone who's ever deceived or when oh, they're completely and thoroughly fake. No. I'm talking about the folks who live and enjoy that life. If you live and enjoy a life of falsehood, you more than likely have never been born again. You can't walk in a lie constantly, over and over and over, when Jesus is the truth. Where is Jesus in your life of deception, in your life of falsehood? Paul is saying, put that away. That was the old life. Put that away. Speak the truth with one another. If we are to be people of truth and reality and love, we will be for one another. We will be real with one another. So in conclusion here, as we finish up, Holy Spirit through Paul is telling us to put off the old self of living in falsehood. And this specific example he's given us, put off the old self of living in falsehood and live a life of truth with one another. Falsehood is not beneficial to you or the rest of the body. let's pray as we get ready to pray I want to encourage us in this let's be a people who continue to grow our lives and encourage others to live lives of truth and I'll ask these questions what would heritage look like if we continue to grow in that more truth, more love, more living in reality, not living in projections. How much more loved would you feel if you live reality and not what you want other people to think? How would those around you be affected? So let's forsake falsehood in every form in our lives and let's be people of truth and love unto God and to others. Well, Father, I pray that you would continue to grow us in the people of truth. That we would walk in the truth, that we'd walk in the light. That we would not cut ourselves off from genuine love from the body. That we would not cut others off by our lives of deception or falsehood. That we would do exactly what you said through Paul. That we would be putting away, or having put away falsehood. That we would speak the truth with our neighbor because we are members of one another for that reason for loving the body 
we speak truth we live in reality help us to live true and genuine lives before you in Jesus name